0: This morning's message I'm addressing to our our church family, Hunter Christian Church, but I'm also including uh, our church family in Bendigo uh, for Bendigo Life Centre, Pastor David and Helen. Uh, We want to thank you for the message that Helen brought to us last week, uh, but also I really believe this message that I'm sharing here with our church family and those that are watching around our state and nation, that this message would be a blessing to you also. And so this morning, I want to continue a a short series of messages, and it doesn't matter if you missed the first ones, uh, I think you'll pick it up pretty quickly, which I have titled Letters from Lockdown. So the Apostle Paul, toward the end of his life, he wrote a series of letters to the churches uh, that he had planted, uh, um, and he wrote the letters from prison in Rome. And as we said, it wasn't really quite prison, it was his own personal lockdown. He was in house arrest. He had this Roman guard uh, standing outside the door. And so I realized for you that lockdown may be tough, but I'm not too sure it was as tough as the lockdown that Paul had. But uh, what we learned in, my, in the message leading up to this is that lockdown was not ideal for Paul. From the outside, it looked like things were going really bad. It looked like his ministry was shut down, and he, and he in fact, was facing a potential death sentence. But we discovered in the midst of lockdown that God was doing some remarkable things. You know, the reality is we don't have to enjoy lockdown. I know some of you, because I've talked to some of you, say you're actually enjoying this time of lockdown. Um, I know but you're just enjoying a bit of space, I think. But but it's not that easy to enjoy. In certain uh, parts of the state or nation, uh, certainly in Sydney, it's much stricter lockdown conditions than us in Newcastle. But I can understand we feel disappointed you can't celebrate birthdays with friends. You can't celebrate, in fact, this coming Friday, I think New South Wales are now allowing weddings again. For the last two months, no one's been able to celebrate weddings. And so in the midst of these lockdown, I can understand the disappointment and all that type of stuff that happens. But like Paul, we can rejoice that God can do something in the midst of our lockdown, And I want to encourage you, let's keep, all of us, let's keep our eyes and ears open to what God is saying and doing at your, starting in your home. And so while Paul was in lockdown, he wrote four letters uh, to the churches. He wrote uh, the book of Ephesians that was written from lockdown. The book of Colossians, which Jenny talked about, was written from lockdown. Uh, The book of Philemon was a personal letter, but that was also written from lockdown. And the one I'm looking at today and right now is uh, the book of Philippians, and that was written from lockdown. And so once the Philippian church heard that Paul was arrested, they did what all good churches do, they take up an offering and they send a gift. And so uh, uh, the church in Philippi sent a gift with Epaphroditus to Rome and Paul got the gift and then Paul would write a letter back to the, Ephesian be- uh, to the Philippian believers. In fact, it was, wasn't, wasn't just 10 weeks of lockdown for Paul. It was two years. When this letter came to the Philippian church, it was around about two years after his, in his time of, uh, of being in house arrest. And so in those two years, he would have been frustrated and, and unsure and wondering, is this the day that Caesar is going to call my name and I'm going to go to trial regarding my life? And so this is a very real situation for Paul. As I said, it wasn't just for us. It's four weeks in Newcastle, for Sydney, probably 10 weeks for Victoria, you're always in lockdown. But, um, but you can understand in, in our times of lockdown, I think there's some great truth what Paul writes to us and writes to the church that can help us and give us some advice on what we are to do. And so, Philippians chapter 1, we'll start with verse 12. And Paul says, I want you to know. Paul's saying, look, I know everything looks bad. I'm I'm in prison. My my life is at risk. It, It may not be what we'd expected. It may not have been what we've been praying for. But Paul's saying, I know God is doing something good in the midst of this imprisonment. I may be confined, Paul is saying, but I'm not contained. Because the message about Jesus, the good news about Jesus is being shared to everyone in the palace guard. But also the believers are being encouraged in their faith. And so, so the church in Philippi, Philippi was, was hearing in the midst of Paul's trouble that God could do something amazing and that the gospel could go forth and that lives could be blessed and encouraged. So the church on the whole in Philippi was doing really well. In fact, if you read all the letters that Paul writes, Philippi probably was doing the best out of all those churches. But the church, So the church in Philippi was doing well, but the church in Rome, where Paul was likely writing from in prison in Rome, the church in Rome was divided. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 15, it goes on to say, It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others d- do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. See, in, in the church in Rome, some agreed with Paul and his teachings. Others disagreed with Paul. In fact, they tried to turn other people against Paul. They were trying to create a, a binary situation, whether you were either for Paul or not for Paul. And so there's the, powers at work in the church in Rome that were saying, you know, what side are you on? Did you, do you agree with what Paul's saying? Do you agree with what Paul's interpretation is on this? or about Jesus, or do you prefer our interpretation? And so, yeah, you know, Paul's response, I think, is really, really helpful because I believe we are li- living in a day and an age where people are trying to force us into all positions, into all manners of, of opinion, and, try- and, there, and there, there's no space for, for in-between. It's either you're this or you're that. You believe this or you believe that. And I think that's a really dangerous place for our society and our churches to be in. And so Paul's response is really helpful to us. Paul says, you know what? It doesn't matter. This is verse 18. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way, so I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. You know, I don't know about you, but criticism is hard to t- easy to give, hard to take. And particularly when we're in difficult situations and circumstances like Paul was in. Paul could have easily heard all this stuff that people were saying about him, and he could have gone head-to-head and argued his position. He could have taken it so personally. He could have gone to Facebook or Instagram or what else is out there. TikTok probably is not the platform to do it, but he could give it a go. Um, He could have gone out to defend his position. And he could have said, you know what, I'm right, and you're wrong. He could get angry, he could get upset, and he can get into all sorts of internal turmoil. But he doesn't. And I think this is so good for us today, because as I look at I don't use Facebook a lot, I do for this, Um, but as I look at some of the comments and conversations that are happening in our world, I'm talking about our Christian world as well, there is all sorts of arguments and, and fighting that is going on And people getting upset and angry about so many things and so so Paul in the midst of all that he says you know what there's something more important than being right there's something more important than winning the argument in the midst of all these different opinions and views Paul makes Jesus the focus so it doesn't matter what side you're on that's secondary to Jesus doesn't matter what side of politics you're on. doesn't matter what side of, of, some, of the, the, some of the things as churches we believe, the scriptures say, some of those things are secondary to what we believe who Jesus is and, and how Jesus works and walks with us. And so, so Paul's saying, don't worry about those secondary things. Rather worry about Jesus. Are the people that are surrounding you, in Paul's case it was the prison guard and the, and the, and the believers that came to visit him, in your case, it's your family or maybe those at work or those that you're in, 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 your, in your Facebook world that are reading your comments. Paul's saying, you know what? Don't focus on the secondary things. Focus on the primary thing, the gospel, the good news and the person of Jesus. Is, do our lives mirror and reflect? Do, do they show those around us that our goal is to, to be with Jesus and to, and to become like Jesus? and ultimately to do the things that Jesus did. So now I've got, a lot, I've got a lot more to say on this topic, but you know what? We're living in a world that is intolerant to different positions. As I said, even our Western church can be intolerant. And I, I'm, I'm seeing unchristian things said by, by Christians, and I think, wow, we've got to be so careful how we respond to this world today. And so um, let, let's, let's listen to what Paul says. And let's, let's learn how we can disagree on some things, but still love and respect one another. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, put aside our secondary beliefs, the stuff we love to argue about, the stuff we have our fixed opinions about, and let's preach, let's preach Jesus, and live, let's live lives that are worthy of our allegiance to him. Now, I don't know about you, have you, you might have heard about two English revivalists. Um, one was called John Wesley, and if you've been in church for a long time, a really long time, you've probably sung some of his hymns. Another guy was a guy called George Whitfield. And both these English preachers, they preached to thousands of people in England and they saw multitudes come to faith in Jesus. But but history records that these guys did not see eye to eye that they on, on, on certain doctrinal matters and as a reporter someone went to to john wesley and asked him he said do you think that um, you you will see george whitfield when you get to heaven and and john wesley said no i don't think i'm going to see him and the person the reporter said so are you saying that george whitfield isn't converted and john wesley said no no he is converted but he will be so close to the throne of god that, and me so far away that i will not be able to see him you see Here, we've got two men of God that have different opinions, and yet we see no envy in their hearts. We we see no pride, no striving, no fighting against one another. Ultimately, we see modeled here what, what Paul is talking about. Let's make Jesus the center. Let's keep Jesus the center of what we do and what we say and how we live. And so Paul goes on, and that's a good point. I think you should remember that one. Uh, so, so if you do take notes, well, I do have three points. The first one is let's keep Jesus at the center. The second one is what Paul says uh, in verse twenty, and this, uh, these verses there's some profound declarations that Paul makes right here. And Paul goes talking to the Philippian believers. He says, "You know, I fully and expect and hope um, that I will never be ashamed, but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past." and I trust my life will bring bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. A translation you may have been more familiar with, Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. How can Paul make such a massive declaration? He's very mindful of a a, a death, an impending death that could be uh, faced as soon as he goes to trial. In fact, he would die at the end of this space. But he's awaiting trial before Caesar himself, two years in lockdown, and he gives us a wonderful example. And he says, you know what? I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ, whether I live or die. Living or dying becomes secondary. Primarily, it is his life bringing honour to Christ. For me to live is Christ. And so, after this point, we find Paul in prison, uh, in lockdown. He's, he's grateful, he's probably not particularly happy in lockdown, but he's determined to make the most of his situation. He's grateful that he has Christian friends in Philippi that are supporting him, and caring for him, and praying for him. But he has an expectancy that Jesus is in his life, and he knows that Jesus is worth dying for. So now, Paul turns the focus away from his experiences in lockdown, Uh, He's already established God's at work in the midst of imprisonment. He's already established uh, the importance of making Jesus the focus and the gospel the goal. And here he gives some really timely advice to the Philippian church on how they should live. And more importantly, well as importantly, great advice for us to live, especially today. There's so much truth in these following verses. I'd encourage you to to read them this week. I'll put the link in the e-news for you. He says, above all. You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I, can, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Now, Paul is using incredibly familiar language to the church, more familiar to the church in Philippi than perhaps to us today. See, the church was located in Philippi, which is in Macedonia. So it wasn't in Italy. In In fact, it was a Roman colony. It it meant that the The believers believers that were living in Macedonia were actually citizens of Rome. They were protected by Roman law. They had Roman protection and Roman freedom. (coughs) I'm just very mindful, even this week, we're hearing of all these evacuations taking place uh, from Afghanistan and the... They're the citizens, citizens of, of, of Australia, Australia and Canada and, and, Canada and UK, UK and US, citizens from, from countries around, around the world. Their, their government is doing all they can to rescue and protect their citizens. And,
1: and Paul here, and so as so the, the Philippian church, if Paul starts talking about that, you are citizens of heaven, heaven. They, they are reminded where their, their true allegiance lies. lies.
0: And so Paul's saying, remember where it is your citizenship, your protection, your freedom is not determined by this world. I'll say that again. Your freedom and your protection is not determined by this world. It's determined by your citizenship in heaven. I think that's great news. And so, therefore, if our citizenship is in heaven, our behavior should also not be reflected by this world. Our behavior should be reflected by by how heaven empowers and calls and, and lifts us up to live. Our lives should be determined by living the good news of jesus the gospel of hope and the message of salvation and peace now if we can truly understand what it means to be a citizen of heaven it should affect how we live our lives in newcastle or bendigo or shepparton or lithgow or brisbane or wherever you're at no matter if you can understand that that we are citizens of heaven you may live in those places it should help us to understand as paul's saying here that we should be able to stand together with one spirit and one purpose. And it goes on to say, and it should help us to, to fight together. Listen to the words that he says. We should be fighting together for the faith. Fighting together for the faith. Now, now, what is it, the faith? What, what is Paul talking about? Is Paul talking we should be fighting together for our doctrinal positions or what we believe about this or that, our personal revelations, or what we think about what's happening in the world, or what we consider what truth is to each one of us. You know, this week at staff meeting, we discuss what is truth, because in some ways, my truth could be different to your truth. And so it's very easy to say, well, we're standing for truth, and ultimately, well, hang on, that's not absolute. And unfortunately, in our world, where we removed absolute truth. And so at our staff meeting, we're talking about, ultimately, truth has a name. Truth is a person. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And so, when Paul saying we need to, Paul goes on to say that we are fighting together for the faith. He tells us exactly what he's talking about. It's not our positions. It's about he goes, which is the good news, which is Jesus, which is the gospel of hope and life. The gospel, the message that uh, Jenny shared over communion, was that Jesus came to make us righteous. This is the gospel that each one of us, no matter what we've done no matter when we've done it, that we have access to a good God uh, through, through his son who came and died that would give us his righteousness, his perfect standing before his father, and that we, we can be made whole and right and set free. And that is what the gospel is. That is good news. And so when we, when, when we face different things, sometimes we need to surrender our absolute positions Sometimes we need to surrender our, our this, is, this, is, this is what I believe, you know, I'm not going to change. Sometimes, well, I think all the time we need to learn how to filter them through who Jesus was, what Jesus said, and how Jesus would call us to live. That's what Paul was talking about, that we'd stand together with one spirit and purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news, the gospel of Jesus, forgiveness, freedom, love, relationship and hope. It's all about living our life to honour him. So, as we wrap up our message today, and I make sure I haven't missed any pages, I'm pretty sure I'm on track with this. So, as we continue to walk still into a world that's a little bit unknown, uh, uh, situations around us from when school goes back to what restrictions are easing to, to what's happening around the world and the globe and, the economy and all the rest, as we walk into an unknown future in many ways. Let's take heart from what Paul, the three things that Paul wrote to us from his letters in lockdown. Number one, that we would continue to look beyond what we see, that we would see God at work. Find ways to live the gospel to your neighbours, to your friends, to your families. Think of ways to encourage each other. Number two, keep Jesus at the centre. When we face criticism, when we face intolerance of your ideas, your opinions or your positions, don't be tempted to try to win at all costs. Don't, don't try to be tempted to, I've got to prove my point. I've got to win the argument because you may be losing a friend. Paul reminded us to remember the goal is to live for Jesus and to share the good news of him in what we say and what we do. Paul's reminding us to keep Jesus at the center of our ideas, of our opinions, of our positions. To keep Jesus at the center of our relationships, of our families, of our marriages, of our friendships. And while, while ever God grants us the breath to live, while ever God gives us the, the ability to breathe and, to, and to, to live and to occupy place in this world, let's live with Jesus at the center. For us to live... If we're going to live, if we're going to occupy this, this slice of eternity, if we're, going to, if we're going to do something with the life God gives us, let's live with Jesus and for Jesus for us to live as Christ. And thirdly, let's live as citizens of heaven. Let's understand where our protection and our peace comes from. It doesn't come from this world. It doesn't come from the 11 a.m. press conferences. Our protection and our peace ultimately comes through our God in heaven where we are citizens to understand that we are only temporary residents on this planet and it should be evident to all those around us which country holds our allegiance you know when we go on missions trips or to different countries if you travel remember those days when you could travel overseas uh that's such a long time ago wasn't it it's very easy to be in the middle of of india or or rome or africa or, or or america and you can pick up the accent you can so easily pick up the accent of people from your country and so it should be so easy for us in this world we live in to hear and pick up the accent of other citizens of heavens it should be evident to us and to everyone around us that our citizenship citizenship is not of this world that we belong to heaven an unshakable kingdom that which then the access was given to us through the precious blood of Jesus, and so we're going to pray. I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I look forward. If you've got anything, don't forget we've got Andrew's going to be on our Zoom in just a minute. But remember that um, in the midst of where we're at, that Jesus is here. So, Father God, I just thank you for the time we've had today to to do church together, to be church together, to be a family of believers that are exploring and and considering what it means to to be with you and become like you. And ultimately, Lord, we want to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, I just pray this morning as I've shared something of, I believe, your heart for those that are listening and watching. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to remember to to look beyond what we see. Help us to see that you're at work even in the midst of our lockdowns, in the midst of our shackles, that you can work and bring freedom. Lord, help us to remember to to keep you at the centre. of of everything from our arguments to our positions to our life to our friends to our facebook posts to everything we do may our lives honor you and may those around us understand that we are citizens of your kingdom help us to live in a life empowered by your holy spirit that is with us and in us to live as great ambassadors of you in this world right now today we ask this in jesus name amen Well, thank you once again. Don't forget Zoom. And once again, happy birthday to Lauren and to Patty. God bless. Bye.